Welcome to another edition of the Hangout Podcast. This is your host, Juan Hernandez. Hope you guys have been enjoying these last couple episodes. I'm back recording for this weekend. At the time that I'm recording this, it's uh, Labor Day weekend. So hopefully by the time you guys are listening to this or will be listening to this, you are enjoying your Labor Day weekend. I know I am. I'm off about four days from work. You know, I recently started a new position. I just got promoted, and this is something that I'm going to talk about in a later episode of the Hangout Podcast, just to kind of go over what I used to do and what I do now. For those of you that are already familiar with what I do, and for those that don't, I'm just going to go further in depth as far as, you know, what the job entitles and all that extra stuff. But for this for this episode, kind of want to have a little fun, uh, especially it being Labor Day weekend. Uh, I know people are out having fun, barbecuing, uh, going to the beach, whatever it is that you guys do for Labor Day weekend. I, I'm typically spending it at home, just staying, staying away from this heat. I'm currently recovering from catching bronchitis for about a week. So I'm almost at 100%. I'm still back on the mend, but everything is everything checked out okay. For this episode, I kind of want to have a little fun just to kind of break it down a little bit. And I came up with this idea of this concept to do my top 10 favorite whatever, whether it's top 10 favorite musicians, movies, podcast, anything that I can come up with. I have a, an extensive list of of these top tens and I'll be doing some of them solo. I'll be doing them with my friends just based on whatever, whatever the topic is, I'll be doing it, you know, either solo or with a co-host. And for this episode, I wanted to do the top 10, my top 10 favorite actors. Now it's not going down the list as far as from number one to number 10. It's more just scattered around as to who my top 10 favorite actors are and for this list I actually came out with 16 actors that I actually that I was able to come up with and write down so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna be crossing out a couple here that are not gonna fit the bill for this episode mind you and because it's uh, I, I have a lot of favorite actors when it comes to movies i'm a big time movie buff and i've been wanting to do an extension for this for this hangout podcast on movies i've been i'm doing one on mma i'm doing one on music i want to do one on movies i'm a big big time movie fanatic whether it's horror movies action films documentaries pretty much anything and everything except for romantic comedies and you know I don't, I'm, that's probably like the only genre that I don't like. And, and or remakes. It just depends on the movie. <laughs> but let's get started. The top 10 favorite actors. And of course, you guys are welcome to give me any type of feedback regarding your top 10 favorite actors. Or if these guys fit your list as well. There's no right or wrong list on here. This, these are just my top 10 favorite actors. And of course, I might get bashed for a couple that I have on here. But hey, this is my list, okay? So first on the list, I have Al Pacino. Al Pacino, by far, it's one of, he's one of my favorite. He's right up there. If I had to put him at number one, he would be number one. I mean, Pacino, when you look at Pacino... He's damn near almost 80 years old. He's had a hell of a career. Um, I can't, I want to say, if I'm going back, and I really don't have a lot to look at here other than my computer to Wikipedia and whatever I'm looking for. Most of the stuff is already generated from, from my brain, but just for reference, I'm using Wikipedia as far as movies and years go but i remember i think the first pacino movie that i saw and uh, you know i want to say it was scarface but really it was it was heat the movie he did with robert de niro back in 1995 directed by michael mann 
that was actually the very first Al Pacino movie that I saw, and they were showing it on TV. Oddly enough, you know, they back in the in the mid to late 90s, they used to show a lot of good movies on regular television. You know, I've never had cable television, but they used to show a lot of really good movies on on these local on these local channels. And then going back to you know, Scarface. And that's when I really when I really started getting into it. I really start getting into an actor and I'll just start going through all of his movies that he has. Not you know, not all of them necessarily, but Netflix will have some stuff on on there. HBO Now will have some stuff on there. But a lot of my favorite movies that he's done before, of course, you can't forget The Godfather. That's all-time classic. Godfather 1, the first one. Godfather 2 with Robert De Niro. And then you have, of course, Scarface, which I recently purchased a couple months ago. On, I actually found the Steelbook edition at Half Price Books on Blu-ray. That's one. Scarface is one of those movies that it's a you know a cult classic. You can't every time it's on. It was actually on a couple about two nights ago. On they had it in Spanish, and I just I had to sit down and watch it because it's just one of those movies that you can't not watch when it's on. It's a long movie, but you know, it's a really good movie. I'm running down the list here. Godfather Three. I've only seen him one time. That's one of those movies that you can really do without because by that point, um, Pacino was already about 50. And the storyline, it was kind of like, you know, he was already kind of out of the game, but they were trying to pull him back in. And you had Andy Garcia as kind of like the next uh, passing of the torch. And it was just a shit show, really. I've only seen that movie once. But after that, and, you know, Pacino has a lot of movies in between these. I'm just kind of naming the ones I've seen to date. So just to kind of save some time. I know I have nine other actors to go through. Carlito's Way, classic, directed by Brian De Palma. When you have Sean Penn and John Leguizamo, that's a really good movie. I think they did a sequel to that one, which is probably directed video. I don't know. Don't really care for it. Heat again is one of those movies that I had to go back to watch. It's pretty long, clocking in almost what two and a half, three hours. But it really brings together Pacino and De Niro once again. You throw in Val Kilmer in there, and uh, Pacino plays a a cop, and De Niro's the bad guy. He's uh being tracked down by De Niro. I mean Pacino. They're, you know they're all going they're going around stealing bank robbing banks and things like that. It's a really good movie. Donnie Brasco, another classic. You have Johnny Depp in that movie. If you haven't, if you don't don't know about that movie, it was based off of uh, the true story of an undercover agent who infiltrated the. What what crime family was it? The Bonanu is, is that how you say Bonanu crime family during the seventies in New York, and his alias was Donnie Brasco. Johnny Johnny Depp plays Donnie Brasco. That's another another classic. It's one of those movies that you have to sit down and pay attention to because you can easily get bored by it. But I I enjoyed it for what it was. As much as I quote this next movie, The Devil's Advocate, I've only seen maybe I've only seen it in parts, maybe, but I think it's one of Pacino's best uh, performances to date. Uh, when he's giving that big old speech to Keanu Reeves at the end, it's uh, Pacino plays the devil in this movie, and it's uh, probably one of the few people that played the role pretty good. It's that's another good one right there. It's Keanu still still coming up late nineties. Insider was pretty good with um, Russell Crowe. It's this this one's based off of the sixty minutes segment that Jeffrey Wigand uh, did. He was a whistleblower for the tobacco industry, 
and Pacino plays the the producer of CBS in the movie. And again, one of another one of those movies that you have to sit down and and actually pay attention to. It's really good, really really good. I'm trying to see what else he did. Insomnia with him and Robin Williams was really good as well. You have the recruit with him and Colin Farrell. And then towards uh, in the last maybe decade or so, he's gotten to the point where he's just just doing movies just for the hell of it. I guess it's just kind of like a cash in. Their righteous kill with De Niro was just terrible. I just saw it maybe about a month ago. Made a movie based uh, based off of Phil Spector's life. Did a movie on Joe Paterno. Pacino, he's one of those guys that um, a true actor, like an actor's actor. He's, he's more of a, I guess you say a method actor. He really gets into his roles and, you know, he is no wonder he gets these nominations for, you know, for Oscars and all these different types of awards. His performances are amazing. Mind you, he's done some shit movies, but I think he's done a lot more good movies than shitty movies. But Pacino's right up there. I'm I'm constantly quoting him, uh, doing my impression of Pacino to my friends, and it's a, uh, it's uh, I think it's hysterical. So I'm probably gonna do a whole episode as Pacino just to see how that goes. I'm probably gonna lose my voice towards the end of it, but. Uh, Next, uh, next on the list is Mr. Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson again is—he's one of those guys that I truly re- respect. The other day I was watching Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome, and he was just underrated in those first three Mad Max movies. Happened to be one of his first couple of movies that he they did. Of course, like any other. I want to say like any other actor, but like any other person, Mel Gibson's troubles have been very well documented. And that doesn't take away from the fact that he's a really good actor. He's crazy, both in real life and acting. <laughs> so it kind of goes it kind of goes hand in hand for his movie roles. But uh Mel Gibson, he I'm going if I'm going down the list, you go Mad Max cult classic. Mad, I think my favorite Mad Max uh movie would have to be The Road Warrior, Mad Max 2. Thunderdome was great for what it was, but The Road Warriors actually shows what what the franchise is all about. And right when he right from Thunderdome, he goes to Lethal Weapon, and that's when, when he really blows up. And Lethal Weapon's my favorite uh, buddy cop, cop buddy, however you want to say it, franchise. All four of them I love. Lethal Weapon 1, 2, 3, and 4. Then he did a movie called The Man Without a Face. I may have seen it one time on TV. Uh, Braveheart, of course. Ransom. Conspiracy Theory, Payback. I think Payback is very underrated because he's playing a bad guy that's going after the bad guys. So it's like you're rooting for the bad guy. <laughs> it's, a, it's a weird concept, but that's a, un, another underrated classic. I think it was Lucy Liu's first uh, American film debut, if I remember that correctly. I'm not even looking at the computer for this. What Women Want. I think I may have seen that movie in Me- one of my trips to Mexico. It was okay. Like I said, I don't really care for rom-coms, but whatever. We Were Soldiers was pretty good. That's a movie that's based off of uh, off the book We Were Soldiers once and young. Who we were at the Battle of... Uh, what's the battle Uh, I think it takes place during Vietnam. It's a really good movie. Passion of the Christ. That's 
when uh, Mel Gibson jumps into directing and producing. Very controversial. Now, it doesn't necessarily... I mean, there of course, there's some inaccuracies like anything, uh, like any historical movie or uh, religious movie. You're going to have your critics, but I think he did a really good job depicting what were the last 10 hours of um, Jesus Christ's uh, life. And... Shortly after that, he did Apocalypto. Again, that one was controversial as well. I don't think I've... I think that's probably the only movie that I haven't seen. Produced by Mel Gibson. And, uh... I'll probably check it out sometime. The Beaver, I saw recently, maybe a couple years ago. And it kind of shed light on, on the fact that Mel Gibson was going through his troubles around that time with the alcoholism and his uh, Russian ex-wife taping him and him going off on the phone and all that. Um, it's a very, very... Um, he's He's channeling his troubles through a hand puppet. And it's, it's like he's having some type of identity disorder. It's, it's, I, I enjoyed it. Get the Gringo was a, a return to form. Uh, I've seen that movie multiple times on Netflix. It's uh, one of those movies where you sit down and enjoy watching it. Machete Kills. I believe he was one of the bad guys. Expendables 3. Bloodfather. That's another good one right there. And Daddy's Home too. So, so some of the movies that Mel has done throughout his career. Again, he's one of those like Pacino. He went down that route of you know he was really big, and now it's kind of like he's just hanging on. Doesn't take away from the fact that he's still Max Rakotansky, in my opinion. So it's just some of the handful of movies that Mel Gibson has done I think he's done pretty well for himself as as far as not just being a uh, an actor but also branching off into being a producer a director and a writer so he's you know he has his hand on multiple uh, projects and multiple uh, positions it would suck if he would just if he was just known for being Mad Max (laughs) He's known as Mad Max, um, Martin Riggs, you know. Next on my list, I have, I think he, and then this person is probably, this actor is probably the first actor that I grew up watching as a kid, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Now with him, I can run through his whole list without even looking at, uh, without even looking at it. Because that's how much... That's how much this guy has, you know, meant to me as a a true inspiration, not only as an actor, but as a as a person, what he's been able to accomplish throughout his whole career. I'm currently reading his autobiography at the time that I'm reading this. I think I've maybe spent about a year or two trying to finish it because it's broken down into three parts. It's a pretty pretty big book and right now I'm on on the third part where he's uh, governor of California Arnold's had a really really I mean I grew up watching Arnold my dad had all all the movies on VHS Um, of course he was a really very well known for starting his career as a bodybuilder one of the best jumping into acting and then going to becoming a politician. The first Schwarzenegger movie that I saw uh, had to be, it's a toss-up between Terminator, uh, the first Terminator and Commando. Because my dad had most of these on VHS and I just started purchasing them on Blu-ray. 
just to have for my collection, just to kind of, you know, keep up with them. Um, Conan the Barbarian and Conan the Destroyer, I may have seen once when I was, you know, a kid. Didn't really care for them much, but the Terminator was really what did it for me. Red Sonja was, it was okay. Kind of going off of what Conan was doing. Commando is probably, it's right up there as, you know, he's competing with Ram Rambo at the same time. So, I mean, that movie is it's one of those movies where you can qu sit down and quote all day. Uh, I think my favorite, I could say all these are my favorites, but then you jump into Predator, which was another great Arnold performance. The Running Man. Red Heat. I mean, he was on fire in the in the 80s. Total Recall. Kindergarten Cop. And then Terminator 2 Judgment Day, which just blew him off into superstardom. <laughs> my, my favorite, uh, one of my favorites, Last Action Hero. A lot of people trashed that movie for it being a parody of all the action movies and and Arnold being the Jack Slater being the last action hero True Lies was uh I've been meaning to buy that on Blu-ray That's uh another classic with Jamie Lee Curtis I know everybody talks about that scene with her uh dancing in the hotel room with, uh, to Arnold he she doesn't know that it's him She's like, they're both like undercover. And she was just smoking hot in that scene. Mind you, this is in the early to mid 90s. So a lot of time has passed since then. You know, people get old. So <laughs> not saying anything against Jamie Lee Curtis. I love her. But she was just smoking hot in that scene. Another, uh, two other people we forget from that movie, underrated. Uh, Tom Arnold and Bill Paxton. Uh, Bill Paxton has since passed away. In the last, uh, it's been about a year since he passed. Another great, great Arnold classic. You jump into Eraser. The towards the the late '90s, that's when everything was going downhill for Arnold as far as his movie career. I think he by that point he had done everything that that there was to do. You jump into Jingle All the Way. It it was fun. I you know I I love Jingle All the Way because it reminds me of I I saw when it came out. I had it on VHS. Still do. It reminds me of you know every Christmas, <laughs> trying to find that uh, that Turbo Man doll that he was always looking forward uh, looking for for his son. It's a uh, very very funny. Not really. They don't make a lot of those movies nowadays. Uh, that still hold the test of time as far as them being dated and whatnot. After that, he plays Mr. Freeze in Batman and Robin, which people bash like any other movie, but I truly enjoyed his bad puns and um, all that. So, End of Days was probably the last Arnold movie that I actually rented to watch after it came out that was around 1999 and it's one of i think it was one of his first movies that i actually didn't enjoy watching maybe going back now if i watch it now i'd, I'd understand it more but i think by that point i was just i was just like jesus christ what is this guy doing and right before he became governor of california he he did the sixth day, which was crap in my opinion because he clones himself in that movie. Collateral damage was decent. I think they pushed it back because 9-11 got in the way and they had to reshoot some scenes. And Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines, which I also saw in theaters when it came out and was, I was, I was hyped. But it wasn't, I knew it wasn't going to be what Terminator 2 was when it came out.
especially the fact that you had a female Terminator now. And nothing, again, nothing against that. It's just, I don't think it worked. I don't think it worked. Because it's, it's so weird seeing a, the female Terminator running in high heels. That just kind of does it for me. <laughs> I know, I know it's a movie, but, you know, what are you going to do? Arnold comes back doing Expendables and all these other movies. Uh, the Last Stand, Escape Plan, Sabotage. Terminator Genesis was just a total shit show. It was all over the place. I can't, I couldn't even I couldn't even do do with that. He is slated to to come out in Terminator 6 from what I'm reading on here. With Linda Hamilton coming back as Sarah Connor, so see how that goes. Again, Arnold, you'd had a really good career. I have total respect for you. He's done some shit movies like other actors have, but Hey, you know, I got to give it to the guy. He's been in the game for this long and for him to, you know, rise to the ranks like he like he has. It's uh big ups for him. I one of my few inspirations. Next on the list, I and I recently saw his last movie, Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise again, one of the few actors I have mad respect for I know a lot of people say oh you know he does his own stunts but you know that's that takes balls for you to do your own stunts in movies like Mission Impossible and and everything that all these action movies that require stuntmen that's a pretty big feat for for a guy like him for an actor like him of his superstardom it's uh I mean if you if you ask me, I probably wouldn't be doing my own stunts. I mean I probably would. I would try to I would try to uh, make an attempt as to whatever I can do, but I, I still wouldn't go that far. Tom Cruise has a first movie that I saw Top Gun Born on 4th of July, Interview with the Vampire, and then the first Mission Impossible. Eyes Wide Shut, I may have seen a couple times. Mission Impossible 2. And of course the Mission Impossible series. Tom Cruise gives a lot of flack for being a Scientologist. To me, that really, I really don't care what religion you believe in, what political party you side with, uh, that, what, you know, sexual preferences, anything, race, that really doesn't, it doesn't phase me. I don't, if you have really good movies and I like you, that's it. I don't care if you, if you believe in Scientology, hey, if that's what makes you helps you sleep at night by all means if you strongly believe in the republican party hey whatever helps you sleep at night but tom cruise again he's one of those very few actors that's still in, still in the game even at in his mid 50s still doing his own stunts you can't really say that about all these other actors that i've previously mentioned you know i don't see arnold going out there doing his own stunts <laughs> and you know Tom Cruise maybe it is the Scientology that's keeping him young I don't know how the hell that dude stays looking young uh, a lot of people have said he actually looks better now than when he did when he was younger <laughs> but again big ups for Tom Cruise for he's just banking he's banking I have mad respect for him I don't know I kind of rushed through his filmography. He's slated to do the next, the sequel to Top Gun. I have mixed feelings about that. I don't know how they're gonna. Hopefully, they don't. They don't kill this movie. Everybody's old already, <laughs> except for him, of course. Next on my list, Mr. Sylvester Stallone. Now, this is one of these 
one of the actors that I love talking about. Also gets a lot of flack too. <laughs> done some really great movies. It's done some really shitty movies. Again, how can you not like Sly? He's, I mean, by far legendary still in the game at the time you know that that i'm recording this he's i believe he's no they're done filming creed part two and he's been teasing a new rambo movie for the longest on his instagram which i think should be titled last blood john rambo last blood it's not bad i think they have it on wikipedia as rambo five so I think you should just call it Last Blood and like a last hoorah. Stallone, man, he's. It took him a while to blow up. Maybe about since 69, a good 10 years before he came out to the scene with Rocky. And we all know how successful that franchise became. I think Rocky, I want to say uh, for me, it's a toss-up between three and four. If I'd had to pick, I'd probably pick uh, probably pick four as my favorite. I can do without five. But around the same time he was doing First Blood, First Blood Part Two, uh, his training regimen was just insane. He was training with Arnold's buddy Franco Colombo, and I think he reached to about having 2% body fat. So this dude was pure muscle. And I was just talking about this movie last night with my dad, Cobra. <laughs> you talk about... Uh, let me see. I mean, it for all the negative reviews that Cobra had, it actually came out at number one at the time in 86 and became a... Financial success slash cult classic. Of course, it gets a lot of crap now for it being so dated, but, you know. If you haven't seen Cobra, go watch it. I highly recommend it. Over the Top, I've seen multiple times on TV. Uh, Lock Up, I just saw not too long ago, about last year. Tango and Cash... Again, it very cliched. Russell, uh, Kurt Russell. Hey, he goes into the '90s with Cliffhanger, Demolition Man, The Specialist. He had a good run up until Judge Dredd. That's what did it for me. Because when they did the remake in 2012, that was way better than the original. <laughs> Think it could have done a lot more. They could have done a better job with Judge Judge Dredd. I love Judge Dredd. But Stallone, come on now. Assassins with Antonio Banderas. Copland. If you haven't seen Copland, go watch it. All-star cast with Harvey Keitel, Ray Liotta, and Robert De Niro. Stallone actually gained weight for this role. Can you believe that? Trying to do what De Niro did with Raging Bull. It's like, damn, dude. He had a big old gut and everything. (laughs) Ah, let's see. Then he started doing some crap. He tried coming back with Rocky Balboa and Rambo just to kind of put that final nail in the coffin. Of course he didn't because he's doing it 10 years later again. Had tremendous success with the Expendables. Escape plan, Bullet to the Head, Creed. Stallone's done pretty well for himself. Let's just put it at that. Um... At 70, I mean, I wish I could look like that when I'm 70. I'm highly suspect that he's doing all the steroids in the world, but, you know, it's whatever. It's whatever. Whatever helps you, you know, keep going. He looks better than most 70-year-old men out there, I'll tell you that. Next on my list is, let's see how many I'm down five so far. He's got four more. Next on my list is Mark Wahlberg. Recently saw Mile 22. Uh, another great performance by Mark Wahlberg. Uh, 
a lot of people might not know, Mark Wahlberg actually got his start in music as a rapper, as, a, as Marky Mark. And uh, I didn't really miss the boat on that. But I knew who he was in the 90s as Marky Mark. He really didn't make that big jump until um, Boogie Nights. Which is highly regarded as one of my favorite Mark Wahlberg movies. Check this out. I remember watching Boogie Nights in, I think it was the late 90s. Maybe, may have been early 2000s. On TV. They actually showed this on TV. Of course, they had to cut some parts out. But they actually showed this on TV. Crazy. They don't, I haven't seen it on TV since. <laughs> I think the last time I saw it was on Netflix. Mr. Dirk Diggler. The Yards was... The Yards was cool. Perfect Storm. Planet of the Apes remake was... Eh, I think they've done a better job with the ones they have now. Uh, but with that one, it was like... Uh, I love Rockstar. I'm a big heavy metal guy. And Rockstar was loosely based on the real-life story of Tim Ripper Owens, the singer who replaced uh, Rob Halford and Judas Priest in the late 90s, where he was... Uh, Tim, Tim Owens was playing in a Judas Priest tribute band, so they brought him in to sing in the actual band. It's loosely based off of that. Mark Wahlberg plays a, a lead vocalist who sings in a tribute band who ultimately gets called up to play in the big band, Steel Dragon. Very cliched movie. It's a, it's a really, I, I love it. If you're a heavy, fan of heavy metal, it's a, I highly recommend you checking that out. Italian Job was, it was okay. Four Brothers was cool. Departed was amazing. All-star cast. Shooter, I love Shooter. Um, what was that hot chick in that, in that movie that was, uh, and uh, let's see who was in it. Kate Mara. Oh, I love Kate Mara. She's a little hottie, but she was in that movie. Shooter. Max Payne. Ugh, I could I could have done without that. I couldn't sit th sit through the whole thing. The Fighter, where he plays Mickey Ward, was really good. Pain and Gain, and from I think from 2013 on. That's when I really started paying attention more to Marky Wahlberg. Pain and Gain, Two Guns, Lone Survivor was, oh man. Transformers, Age of Extinction, I could I could do without that. Gambler was pretty good. It's, uh, he lost a lot of weight for that role. Daddy's Home, Deepwater Horizon, so he, it starts getting more into based off of true stories from I think from loans from pain and gain on the water horizon Patriots day transform ah I should just keep it keep it where it's at daddy's home I think the only movie I haven't seen is all the money in the world which was uh supposed to have Kevin Spacey in there but they uh, they recast Christopher Plummer for that role. And Mark Wahlberg was in. I think that was just kind of like a cash grab for Marky Wahlberg. Whatever you got to do. And Mal 22. He's had a great uh, career. He's done. He's been very successful. Has a lot of investments lined up with his whole Wahlberger chain and all the stuff that he does for charity and things like that. Big ups for Marky Wahlberg. <laughs> uh, we we will never forget for what you forget you for what you did for you know being Marky Mark. Uh, let's see how many I have left. Two, three, four, six. Let's jump into the next one. Chuck Norris. Funny story, I actually met Chuck Norris about two years ago. Has it been two years already or maybe about a year? Uh, one of the guys 
my dad grew up watching and I grew up watching with him. My dad was a huge, my dad's a huge fan of Chuck. And when he, he actually met him as well and took a picture with him at the comic Palooza. And my dad was way, way in over his head. You know, he <laughs> reminds him of when he was a, a teenager, when he first saw way of the dragon with Bruce Lee. And he would always tell me about it. Like, man, you know, Bruce Lee kicked his ass in the movie. And I was like, man, I, was, I need to watch this movie. From then on, he starts. He did a lot of good movies like Force of One, Odd the Octagon, Lone Wolf McQuaid, the long-running missing in action uh, movies that he did as James Braddock, Delta Force. But I really, really, really enjoyed uh, watching Chuck Norris as Walker, Texas Ranger. That was from. That was a good. If I remember in the nineties correctly i used to watch a lot of uh, a lot of walker texas ranger i mean it was cool because it was a uh, the way that the way that the show was based the way that like the whole theme for the show it was more about having morals and they uh they were they abstain from using drugs and part did a lot of like community service <laughs> and i think martial arts was a big factor in uh, uh as kind of like kind of using it as like law enforcement because it was so weird you see walker you know chuck norris being a texas ranger and people would look at him like whoa this guy's just a ranger little did they know he was very well versed in martial arts. <laughs> so you would always see him throwing kicks and stuff. It's like, wow, you rarely see a Texas Ranger throwing kicks like that. A lot of a lot of uh where the martial arts came from, uh, a lot of the I, I can't remember. I'm trying to remember who was uh who was actually in in the show. I I, I read it the other day. I want to say it was the. I want to say it was the Machado brothers that, if it wasn't them, it was probably one of the Gracies. But they, uh, they were featured prominently in the show. They had like the kids going in taking classes, uh, jujitsu classes. So it's uh, Chuck Norris. He's one of those guys. Became a cult. He became a legend. Um, a lot to say about the man. He's uh, he's uh, another one of those inspirations. Uh, he's always uh, heavily involved in philanthropy and charity. Uh, you rarely heard about him getting in trouble, and if he ever did, it's you know whatever. But he's very, very. Uh, he he always had this he he has this code of honor that he that he lives by and it's always about becoming uh the very best you can be and there's a lot of lot of that creed that he has a chun kuk do um it's these 10 10 rules that he lives by and it's they're very very great rules to live by like I said, becoming the best version of you, helping others and all that great stuff. So let's see. Let's run to the next one. I might get trash for this one. I might not. Wouldn't say he's a he's one of the best actors, but I'm just gonna throw him in there just to kind of as kind of like a curveball. Steven Seagal. Now. All right, let's just let's just get this out the way. Steven Seagal has become a parody of himself in the last maybe decade or two. He's uh he's becoming a villain. He's becoming like a villain of his of his own movie. And he does he's been doing all these all I mean, I'll still put him in there as my top 10 favorite actors mainly because 
you know, the he had it from eighty eight to two thousand three. He had a great run. From two thousand three on, it's I can I can I I'll admit it has been shitty. Above the law, hard to kill, mark for death, out for justice, under siege, on deadly ground, under siege too. I can do without executive decision, the glimmer man, fire down below. Okay, maybe you know what? I take that back. Fire down below was, I'd say, would be his final, final movie where he, you know, he was a massive success, continuous success, like uh. Al Pacino said in uh, Righteous Kill. Yeah, I think Fire Down Below was probably the last uh, best movie that he had. But after that, he go into Exit Wounds with DMX, Ticker, Half Past Dead with Jaw Rule. Ugh. And then uh, when you start looking at these titles of these movies, it's ridiculous. Out for a kill, out of reach, because in every movie he plays like an ex, ex, uh, special ops forces guy, an ex cop, ex, uh, border patrol, mercenary for justice, urban justice, ugh, pistol whip. That's the name of the movie. He fights uh some vampires that they. Oh my god. He was in Machete as the bad guy. Uh, Maximum Conviction. All these are direct-to-video with Steve Austin. Force of Execution. Good Man. Good Shot Straight. Absolution. Like, again, a Code of Honor. All these are crap. I've seen all of them, and they're crap. I don't know why I sub subject myself to such pain. Sniper Special Ops was bad. End of a gun, contract to kill, the perfect weapon. These are all just shit. He, the last one he did was titled Cartels with George St. Pierre. Oh, yuck. Maybe I should take him off this list, but I just wanted to throw him in there as kind of like a, a monkey wrench. He gets a lot of crap for his Aikido and his quote-unquote acting um i'd give him for him though i give it to him though because he he i mean i can i can do without the jet i'm looking at a picture of his wick in his wikipedia jet black hair that he's probably gotten some hair plugs put in there jet black beard and goatee and he's just giant i don't know why he you'd figured he'd be in great shape but it's like wow um yeah i just throw him in there as kind of like a monkey wrench and now he's just uh whatever he's doing now it's whatever i saw a movie at walmart the other day he just put out with mike tyson they're they're dubbing it as tyson versus cigar which is like okay that's false advertising Again, I, I'll always defend Seagal from 88 to, let me go back, 2000, no, not 2003, from 88 to 97. That's about a good 10 years, almost. Anything after that, okay, whatever. But he, he was kicking, he was kicking ass from 88 to 97. I think my favorite Seagal movie would have to be hard no no yeah hard to kill i grew up more more on on deadly ground the movie that he did in alaska about the oil and all that but i think hard to kill would i remember watching that one with my dad uh growing up in the 90s yeah it'd have to be that one it's just funny how he his wife gets killed the kid runs away so i guess they leave him for dead and he ends up in a coma for about seven years <laughs> when he wakes up all he does is shave and he's back to his normal self it's like wait wait a minute what 
goofy concept to say the least, but whatever. If any of you beg to differ, Steven Seagal, be my guest. I'll only defend him from 88 to 97. Anything after that, hey, hell, I make fun of the guy. So, it's whatever. <laughs> Alright, that takes care of, let's see. We got two more, and then we'll wrap it up. And this is going to be a tough one. Because uh, I have one, two, three, four, five. Got eight more in there, but I'm only going to throw in two. And let's just throw him in there because, out of respect, Clint Eastwood. I think he would. I, I think I, you know, I could put him over Pacino any day. Clint Eastwood. The other day I was showing my dad a clip of The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly in the final duel on YouTube. It's just. They don't make movies like that anymore. It's just, it's like, man. Eastwood, all the movies he's done, and mind you, he's done some suspect ones. But when you start talking about Clint Eastwood, Fistful of Dollars, Few Dollars More, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, Hang Him High, Dirty Harry, and come on. Go ahead, make my day. Um, Magnum Force. Outlaw Josie Wales, The Enforcer. Escape from Alcatraz was really good. I love, that's one of my favorite uh, Clint Eastwood movies. Uh, what else is this? Sudden Impact. I'm kind of skipping through a couple of these. The Rookie was okay. Typical, you know, veteran cop. You put him in with a rookie cop. I think, uh, what's his name? Charlie Sheen played the rookie guy. Uh, Unforgiven, one of his final, I guess you could put, put, it was like the final nail in the coffin when it came to Western movies for Clint Eastwood. Very, very well done. In the line of fire. Mm. Mm. What else did he do? Space Cowboys was cool. And like Mel Gibson, he jumped into directing and producing. I think what uh, I'd have to say. Million Dollar Baby had to be his first one, where he started doing. Uh, no, maybe maybe before then. I think he was already directing, and no, yeah, he was. But he became notoriously known for you know, like Million Dollar Baby, Flags of Our Fathers, Letters from Me with Jima, Gran Torino. Oh man, how can you, how can you, you can't go wrong with Gran Torino. American Sniper, he had a big part in that when it came to directing and producing. But yeah, I mean, Clint Eastwood, what else What else can, can you say about him? Legend. I think he's about 80 now. You know, my co one of my co-workers and I would always talk about how Scott Eastwood, his son, should remake some of his westerns like the good the bad and the ugly and i think he he would probably be the only person fit for that role one because he looks just like him when he was his age i think scott eastwood's about 30 right now i don't know it's an in interesting thing to think about interesting concept but i'd I'd love to see it it, it can be done And last but not least, I'm going to throw this one in there to wrap this up. Mr. Uh, who do I throw in there? Bruce Willis. Let's go. Why not? Bruce Willis. He's another one of those actors that you can't go wrong. Uh, watching. 
course, who doesn't know Bruce Willis from the Die Hard series as John McClane? Classics, Die Hard 2. I really, really became uh, familiar and well-known with Bruce Willis with... uh, and these these came out right. I mean, I, I remember when uh, being a kid watching these two movies, and they came out in the same year, The Fifth Element and The Jackal. A lot of people forget about The Jackal. God, I remember watching that movie. Uh, it's Bruce Willis and Richard Gere. Bruce Willis plays the the jackal. And uh, my God. It takes me back to a simpler time. And then you have Fifth Element in there as well. I remember watching that movie. Uh, you also have, right after that, Mercury Rising. Oh, man. he got <laughs> It's so weird because this movie received a lot of negative reviews. And he was nominated for Worst Actor. But I love this movie. It's about a kid who... An autistic kid who's being targeted by the government after he cracks a secret government code. And so Bruce Willis is protecting him. A young Alec Baldwin was in that movie. (laughs) I don't know how young, but he was young. Um, What's his name was also in it? Ah, that chick from Sons of Anarchy. That really hot chick. Kim uh, Dickens. My God, was she hot in that movie. Uh, No, I kind of went off topic with that. But just stating facts, folks. Bruce Willis. I mean, you have Armageddon. Of course, people are going to always crap on Armageddon. But I love Armageddon. All-star cast. Great soundtrack. Um, what else do we have on here? The Sixth Sense. Unbreakable. Hostage. Sin City. Live Free, Die Hard. Another Good Day to Die Hard. Expendables. He's done some direct-to-video, a lot of direct-to-video work. Uh, oh, how can I forget? Pulp Fiction. How can I forget that? And just recently did the remake to Death Wish, which was it was cool. I'm a huge Charles Bronson fan, and I, I thought it was okay. It wasn't too over the... It wasn't too... You know, I wasn't going in there expecting something big. I mean, it's Death Wish. Come on, how can you... Remake something. The, the first one was classic. So. That's just. A few of the top ten. Of my favorite actors that I have. And I, I know I just kind of. I was kind of expecting to. Sit down and actually. Talk more about the actor. But I think it's best. If I just go over their career. And it, it just helps me a lot more. Kind of go through all these movies. That I grew up watching and. All the movies that have come out since then. And of course, I'm, you know, I admit they, they, they have, all these actors have really good movies, but they also have really shitty movies, yet I still watch them because I'm a really big fan of the actor. And I'll make, I'll make that, like I said, Mercury Rising. A lot of people panned it, but I love that movie, you know? So if you have, your top 10 favorite list of actors feel free to send it over you know i pumped this stuff on social media i want to plug my social media sites real quick Uh, you guys want to check out um mind you the only public profile that i have is my twitter profile which is juan underscore a underscore h you can follow me on twitter and if you have if you're listening to this you already have me on social media you already have me on Facebook. You already have me on Instagram. And uh, my YouTube channel is youtube.com slash Juan1991H. 
And you can always go to YouTube and type in Hangout Podcast and it'll directly lead me to my channel. Feel free to subscribe. You can find the archives to my previous podcast, which I used to do in school when I was uh, in college. And just to, just this podcast keeps growing. I have a lot of ideas, a lot of content to to plug for it. And I know I did say the format was 30 minutes. But again, it just depends on the episode. I have these top 10 lists that might be up to an hour. So I'm still trying to keep it at 30 minutes. Some of these episodes is going to be possible. Some of them might be impossible. But whatever the topic may be, whatever the conversation may be, that's going to be the length of the show. But again, thank you guys for listening. Hopefully you're having a great Labor Day weekend. If not, I hope you have a great Labor Day weekend. And I'll see you next time.